0: Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at ticksplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to so all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's ticksplit, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today.
1: Welcome to another Fun Film Monday edition of Bears Victory Monday edition on Sports Old Chicago. We're live and in living color. You're listening to Second City Sports. I'm Sid the Kid. That's me. That's Lakeena McGee over there. That is she. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kenan McGee on the Twitter and again, that's McGee on
0: the IG.
1: Make sure you download that Sports On Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so that's why. And also, too, you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the download that on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports On Chicago, you can follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, you can find Sports on Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You don't want to catch the audio version of this show, Second City Sports. You can do so by subscribing to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio Heart app. Make sure you type this in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at, we are at War on Anchor on the podcast platforms. Also, so you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, instagram and youtube and thank you very much in advance for your support like share subscribe and tell your friends we are on the pod Fun, and we have very definite opinions you have any definite opinions during our two-hour external we call it sports talk radio show you can always go to sports on chicago's facebook page or sports on chicago on youtube type in your questions or comments in the comment section looking and we'll get them up on the screen for you but if you decide to troll and or do something stupid I'm giving Lakina full power to give you fools to beer and beer boot.
2: Bye bye.
1: I love what she says. That. <laughs> but before we get started, we must remind you folks that you also now can catch sports on Chicago on Roku TV. That's right, Sports on Chicago is now available on your, your Roku television. So celebrate with the squad and give the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku TV, great. Just go to the sports site, sports photo section, tap on that, and download Sports on Chicago through that way. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. I know you have a streaming device or two laying around iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your your personal PC, your laptop, your Chromebook, Chromebook like I'm using right now. Just download that Roku TV app, and you can access Sports on Chicago that way. So, no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. We are available live and on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So there's no more excuses. You can catch Sports On Chicago on Roku TV. Lakina, like you know, let's kick off this Bears Victory Monday edition of Second City Sports by discussing the Bears' 23-20 win over the Houston, Texans. Cairo Santos hit the game winner with three seconds left to give the to give our Chicago Bears the victory. Looking and we talked about this during the show before we went on the air today. Uh, the Bears, it didn't look pretty for a while. You thought at times that they could have dominated this game, but the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith said, "No, you're going to be in a dog fight." We kind of told you guys this was going to happen on Friday. The Bears defense, they gave up 320 total yards. They uh, Justin Fields threw two interceptions. This is his third straight game when he's thrown at least one interception. The running game was saved by Khalil Herbert after the early injury to David Montgomery. It was nice that Eddie Jackson showed up on the defensive end yesterday. Roe Cross Smith, he made the game-winning play, in my opinion, on defense with the uh, late fourth-quarter interception. It was an ugly ugly win, Lakina. but as we said before, we will keep reminding you guys, this Bears season is about transition, and we're going to find out who's going to be on this Bears team for the long haul. This is baby steps, and uh, yesterday was another... Step in that direction.
0: Well, like I said, it's one of those things where you're like, the theme here is well. Again, again, we'll we'll talk about when we get to the uh, the rest of the slate, but Mm -hmm. let's just say the Bears were lucky they were playing Davis Mills. That's all I'm going to say about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they gave up five sacks. You know, still Fields was sacked five times, and we talked about with Chance Jones from NBC Two Houston. On Friday, that you know, the, the Texans are not very good when it comes to tackling. They're the worst tackling teams in the league, and the Bears were able to take advantage of that. And, and look, I mean, opportunistic. Look in this case, okay, great. You know, you were very opportunistic and such. You get 281 rushing yards. Again, you benefit from the fact that you were facing a team that's not very good at tackling and poor tackling. Herbert stepped up, you know, 157 yards, two touchdowns. Okay, fine. Whoop de doo. But again, you know, you're, you're facing the best, you know, front seven in, in the league. So not even going to go there. Now, look, feels, feels throwing two interceptions. That's another thing. You know, both of those cases were, you know, you kind of overthrew it. You know, you probably could say he held the ball too long. People are now questioning that maybe, you know, is he the answer? I mean, that's another question that we'll have to do it as we get, you know, closer and closer, you know, onto the season. But again, I, I, I love the fact people are saying, well, look, this is sort of like the John Fox. Uh, you know, era where you know the, the offense wasn't very good, but the defense and the special teams kind of stepped up a little bit. Well, we all know what happened during that regime, so I don't know <laughs> if that's the little, that little says you want to show, but I guess look, I think Roquan, you know, showing you that you know maybe he does deserve to get paid, and here's a highlight from CBS.
3: Thumb surgery in the preseason, but starting to feel a little bit better. As fields dangerous pass is caught over the middle. Mooney brings it in for a first down. Start this drive on the ground with Herbert. Stiff arm by Herbert on Nelson, and he's got a first down run. Oh, Khalil Herbert shoving Stephen Nelson to the ground. Starting to rain at Soldier Field on third and one. Mills pass deflected, intercepted. Roquan Smith and Mills makes the tackle. Thirty yard attempt. Santos for the win, and it
0: is good! Once again, it's thanks to CBS for the highlights there. I, I mean, look, the Bears could have easily lost this game. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Look, there's still a lot of things that need that are, need to be said about the Bears. Like I said, the, the old line gave up five sacks. You know, yes, the defense gave us some plays. Yes, they kept them in it, but they gave us some big plays, too. So, for me... Okay, you just showed that you're just a little bit better than than the Texans. Okay. You know, onto the Giants. I mean, like okay, you get, you have you you're your two on one. Okay, fine, whatever. Okay. You know, the I think Roquans, you know, making this case for him to get paid, but if you guys saw the interception, I mean that was a nice read, but you know, again, just happy you were facing Davis Mills. That's all I'm gonna say and leave it at that.
1: You're listening to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Bears Victory Monday right here on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid and We're reviewing the Bears' 23-20 win over the Houston Texans at the late front on Sunday. Taking a look at the numbers for the Chicago Bears. You miss Justin Fields, two interceptions off of eight, 8 of 17, passing for 106 yards. His quarterback rating was a, a stellar 27.7. That definitely needs to improve. Cole Komet, it was nice to hear from him yesterday. Two catches for 40 yards. I thought those numbers should have been a little bit more. Remember, we said this on Friday, Lakina. Cole Komet had to get into the game plan. Uh, the way that Fields played, it should have been a little, those numbers should have been a little bit better, but Justin Fields must improve. And also Darnell Mooney, it was nice to see him on the stat sheet. Two catches for 23 yards. And that has to improve as well. And it all starts with the quarterback. As you mentioned about the defense, Lakina, two big interceptions, but one sack. I thought they was going to get a little bit more than that, and like you said, they were playing Davis Mills in, in the Houston, Texas. I thought the sack total should have been more than one, but you'll take it if you're a Bears fan. Like you said, they were playing the Texans. It wasn't a complete game. Those penalties, Lakinas, they started to mount up again, not as much as it was last week against Green Bay, but they got to cut down on those penalties. But other than that, like you said, uh, if you're a Bears fan, you take the win. You're two and one, but there's still a lot of work to do.
0: Well, I think there's still like so many things that need to be improved upon. And I think that's sort of like, this is again, this is sort of like the theme we've been talking about for the since the season Sorry, This is basically to say what you have and what you don't have. And look, mm-hmm. Roquan, look, like I said, Roquan showed that, you know, look, he deserves to get paid. But at the same time, though, too, there's still a lot of things that need to be cleaned up. Like I said, you were able to face a team that was just as equal. And, you know, okay, you were able to make just, you know, you were able to overcome the mistakes. But again, that's not going to get you to get you to win a lot of these games. It just isn't going to happen. So, like I said, I don't want to you go know, get too much into this with the Bears because, like I said, there were there were better games and you know. Well, the theme here, the theme here for the NFL, especially in the afternoon games, for uh, that's an interesting choice. So that throw that Mills, I don't know who he's trying to throw it down over was Cooks or somebody, but that was an interesting <laughs> place to throw it. You're third and one. I know you still had two timeouts left, so you probably could have set it up. Got you know, got to the first down, they could have set up for the field, set up for the game with a field goal. He had their guy was had made like 62 in a row or something like that. So I don't know what was the thought process there with that thing, but okay, whatever.
1: Yeah, just just to wrap up on our portion of the Bears game yesterday, looking at the statistics from both teams. They're pretty much evenly matched until uh, the rushing yards and the passing yards. Houston had the advantage with the passing yards, the Bears had the advantage with the Rushing yards. But outside of that, like you said, Lakina, the Bears were lucky to play the Texans. The Think as you got out there with the win thanks to big plays late from your defense. But uh, the offense must improve. As I said this before the season started, Lakini, even with with the lack of weapons that Justin Fields has around him, my expectations are that you still got to score over 27 points, especially in this NFL. If you don't, there's a problem. And there's a few teams that try to uh, uh, use that philosophy. We'll get to them in just a moment. But for the Bears, you got to muster up some consistency to score points. But this ain't the pre-1980s football anymore. So they got uh, Luke Getsy, the offensive coordinator. Justin Fields must improve, but it's all got to be a collective effort for the Bears to be consistent, especially on offense. You can't lean on this defense for too long. We saw that uh, in the last regime with Matt Nagy, like you mentioned, with the John Fox era. You know, he was all about defense and an offense just being pedestrian. That cannot fly anymore, especially today in today's modern NFL.
0: Especially if you know, the off- offense is sort of like the thing. So, this, there, there's still a lot to improve. Yes, you take the win and you keep it moving, but yeah, a lot needs to improve. You're not going to be able to face teams. You're not going to face a lot of Texans type teams that don't know how to tackle. And that's basically what it mm-hmm. is. So, you listen to Second City Sports on Sports No. Chicago, Lakeena McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Let's talk about the rest of the NFL slates let's start over in new england in foxborough where the ravens you know no need to there was you know, no, no collapse here If anything they kind of started their comeback because they actually did trail for you know they were you know they had a small lead but they were able to able mm-hmm. kick, it up, kick it up a notch lamar jackson uh threw four for four more touchdowns also had a rushing touchdown and rushed for over 100 yards in their win against the patriots matt jones looked like suffered a very severely sprained ankle injury it's not broken but the word is, especially if you read Tom Pellicero and some of the other guys from the NFL network, he is going to be gone for a while. So, and we said, we talked about when we did our picks that, you know, what, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that the Ravens you know, sort of kind of took it out on the, on the Patriots and they did just that. And the defense actually mm-hmm. stepped up too with three interceptions. So definitely stepped up there. Of course, Marcus Peters had a, uh, had a couple of, uh, You know, had an interception to you know Marlon Humphrey. So the defense set up for the uh, the Ravens after what happened against Miami.
1: Yeah, I watched some of this game live yesterday via this computer screen. Uh, The Patriots defense, you know, I was raving about them a little bit during preseason of the season, but there, there are still a bunch of young guys on that defense. They, they. They like to fly around. They could make plays. They were doing that the early part of the game yesterday, Likina, but in the second half, the Baltimore Ravens took over, scoring 23 points to the Patriots' 13 second-half points. Like I said, Lamar Jackson was on the roll there. And after each turnover that the Baltimore Ravens' defense created, the Baltimore Ravens went down to score. Mark, Mark – um, Andrews, the Andrews. tight end, he scored three touchdowns mm-hmm. yesterday. Lamar Jackson led the team in rushing once again with 107 yards off of 11 carries and a score. But th- looks like Baltimore is back on track. Like like we said on Friday, they uh, they lost a big game to Miami at home last week after blowing that big lead. They took it out on the Patriots yesterday. Hopefully, Mac Jones on the flip side is okay for New England. He was 22 or 32 for 321 yards, but three. Big interceptions were really what cost the Patriots, but it, it was really the lack of run game and uh, the defense of the Patriots, they couldn't hold up through all four quarters. and Baltimore was just that much better, especially in the second half.
0: Yes, they were. They definitely kind of kicked it up, like I said. And you know, they turned those you know, turnovers into points, those are receptions, so that was the thing mm-hmm. that was missing. And now, with Jason Pierre Paul, he's going to make his debut uh, this, this Sunday. So. Well, hopefully, you know this kind of like you know turn the corner for that Baltimore defense. Now, well, we could do probably do one more before we go to break, and this is the interesting thriller here. I saw this game, you know, on this you know this lovely laptop, and you saw the uh, the, the conclusion of this game right after uh, uh, Texans Bears ended. And that is the Colts upset the Chiefs twenty seventeen, and it's interesting because you know Matt Ryan had his best showing as a Colt so far, two hundred twenty two yards and two <laughs> touchdowns. You know. They you know they went down the field you know they went to the uh, the score. And it turned out to be the only score in the fourth quarter, and that was enough for them to you know pull off mm-hmm. the big upset against the Chiefs. So, you know, like we said this before about the Chiefs. I mean, with you know with Tyreek Hill being gone, they were a little banged mm-hmm. up on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. They were at, you know the you know, the Colts were able to take advantage, of, especially late. So this is a nice one by the Colts. Get their first win of the season. Remember, they're one one and one because of that tie against <laughs> the Texans in Week One.
1: <laughs> Couple of things here. One, Patrick Mahomes only passed for 262 yards, so that's a problem. He usually averages over 300 yards passing. And number two, the Chiefs only scored not one, not two, but only three points in the second half, and that was mm-hmm. courtesy of a field goal early in that third quarter. The Colts, I did watch some of this game before you guys in Chicago uh, were switched to it at the end there. Uh, it, looks, it looked like, especially in that first half, that Indianapolis didn't have it, but, but somehow, some way, the Colts were in that game. I know Jonathan Taylor has 71 yards total uh, total in rushing yards for the Colts. But just for a while, the Colts weren't – they were in it on the scoreboard. They just didn't have the momentum. And give the defense of the Colts credit, they took advantage. But for the Chiefs, lack of scoring in the second half and definitely a lack of running game, that's what cost the Chiefs yesterday.
0: And give the, the, uh, the Colts defense credit. Remember, Shaq Leonard has not made his debut yet. So mm-hmm. the fact that they were able to slow down the Chiefs and hold them to field goals, I mean – that sort of been like that's kind of like the thing where they were trying to do and they were able to do just that now as far as a are concerned, you really needed this you know if you're a colts fan because of the fact that you let you had a couple of chances you got blown out last week you able to come back and win this game this week so and thanks to jelani woods his two touchdown uh catches one was with just under 30 seconds left and they're able to Pull off this upset and win this game. So yeah, we'll we'll see. This will this will finally wake the coast a little bit. But Taylor, do you see at the ball more? Just saying.
1: Yes, he does. Break time, Lakina, as we broadcast live and in the living color right here on Sports on Chicago on the hashtag Bears Victory Monday on Second City Sports. I'm Sid That's Lakina. We'll have more of the week three, week three of the NFL week recap, and I'm saying the right week, Lakina.
0: Uh, week week three. three. Yep. Yep. You got week it. Week
1: three. All right, good. Good. Because I on the on the broadcast on Friday, I said week three for college football. It was week four. We'll get into college football later. But we'll have the, the rest of yesterday's action from the NFL to recap. And we'll give you a quick Monday night preview of tonight's contest between the Cowboys and the New York Giants. All that coming up. As you're listening to the hashtag Bears victory Monday edition of Second City Sports, I'm Sid. That's Akina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago.
0: that you're in my lane?
2: No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting?
4: I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my
0: text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry.
3: Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
5: Many will hear the calling. Few will earn the title United States Marine. The few, the
2: proud.
1: Welcome back to the hashtag Bears Victory Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in the living color right here on Sports Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at 80 Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You
0: can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG.
1: You have any comments about the yesterday's Bears victory over the Houston, Texas, or any other games from yesterday's action from the, around the National Football League? You can always go to our Facebook page at Sports on Chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's continue our review from yesterday's recap from yesterday's games. Let's go down to Nashville, Tennessee, where the Titans, as yours truly told you on Friday, they will get the victory they did over the Las Vegas Raiders 24 to, to 22. Derek Carr for the Raiders 26 to 44, 303 yards, two touchdowns in a pick. Derrick Henry 20 carries, 85 yards in a score for Tennessee. And for the Las Vegas Raiders, Mac Hollins was their big uh, target. Eight catches for 158 yards in the score.
0: Yeah, the Raiders are now 0 and 3, and I don't think anybody anticipated that this early in the season, especially with the very competitive ASC West. A couple of them are having problems. We saw the Chiefs lose yesterday, and another another one of their teams mm-hmm. are having some issues too. We'll get to them in a second. But you know, look, you know, Mac Mac Hollins did what he could even actually start a quarterback for at one point. He you know, had a play. It didn't, it was incomplete, but mm-hmm. you know, I think this is sort of like this is the kind of win that to tie his name. they were oh and two henry only had 85 rushing yards it was really like it was really kind of like their defense kind of slowed the raiders down the raiders have multiple opportunities i saw this game on this laptop and they weren't able to kind of get into the things going especially as they got closer and closer you know they they scored the touchdown but they failed the two-point conversion it would have forced mm-hmm. overtime unfortunately so that ended up kind of being sort of like the nail in the coffin for them but uh Not looking good for the Raiders so far, but the Titans get their first win of the season and a much needed one at that.
1: Let's go to South Beach, Florida, where the Miami Dolphins are now three and oh, that's right, three and oh at the defeat of their division rival Buffalo Bills, 21 to 19. Josh Allen for Buffalo, 42 to 63 for 400 yards in the score in a pick. Uh, I'm not reading the typo, folks. He threw the ball 63 times in the rushing department. Lakina, I told you this last year. I said this this year. I'll say it again. If Josh Allen is your leader in the Russian department, there's problems. He had eight carries for 47 yards. Jalen Waddle, my guy because he's on my fantasy team, for the Dolphins, four catches, 102 yards. Tua Tungvaluva, the starting quarterback for the Dolphins, was knocked out early in the game. The Dolphins said it was a back, back back. After the game, but regardless, uh, Tua returned and led the Dolphins to a second-half comeback, which uh, which they held on to a two-point victory. The Buffalo Bills were on a drive to perhaps win the game with a potential field goal, but Isaiah McKenzie failed to get out of bounds, so the Buffalo Bills tried to spike it. They ran out of time. Ken Dorsey, like a five-year-old child, threw his, <laughs> threw his iPad down, shuffled some papers and threw it on the ground. If you didn't see that, look for it on social media. Uh, it was a mess for Buffalo yesterday. I did watch this game via this computer screen, the majority of it. Great job by Kevin Harley and Trent Green on the call. But you could tell that Buffalo dealing with that heat, uh, a few players were coming out, cramping up, getting IVs. It didn't look good. They still should have won this game, but uh, that heat uh, uh, did wonders on them.
0: Yeah, they were cramping all over the place. I think one of their tackles, you know, he had to leave because of cramps and a couple other guys, too. And it was Stephon Davis so was struggling with, struggling with it a little bit, too, for a while. Now, 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 look, I mean, the fact that the Bills even were this close, Spike, having to travel mm-hmm. on a short week, they should have won this game. I think this happened 2-2 two two in the first half where they actually had a chance of perhaps maybe, you know, going ahead. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, the, the time went out on them, too, in the first half. And this is sort of the thing here. I know Isaiah McKenzie's probably six to his stomach that he should have, you know, tried to you run the route and try to go out of bounds so they could save some time. And they were out of timeouts. The Dolphins are lucky. They're three and zero. I'm sorry, Dolphins fans, but you are, you're lucky you're three. zero. you got, you got it because of a comeback. You got it because the bills just couldn't. And let's also remember too. I mean, Micah hides out for the year. They had a couple other guys And mm-hmm. Oliver was out. They had a couple other, other defense guys there. You know, look, they were facing guys in the secondary that were really off the street. They were in the practice squad. So mm-hmm. the fact that they benefited, you know, Jalen, look, I don't want to give Jalen Walk because he's actually a really good wide receiver. He didn't have, like, any Crow Bowl, like, you know, corners and safeties, you know, at him, so that's the fact that they got that far. Now, they do face each other again on December 18th, and I'm sure, you know, the Bills will remember this, and hopefully this will be kind of a chance to sort of, you know, chill out the division, but I'm sure they're going to be kicking themselves that they had multiple chances to put this game away, and they didn't, so, nothing, look, Tua, I don't know how he passed concussion protocol, I don't know how he did it, but <laughs> I don't know, it is what it is, but like I said, I think the Dolphins look at their 3-0, and because... Look, I'll give Mike McDaniel some credit here, but mm-hmm. they—they—they—they're—they're—they're they're, they're here by luck. They're three zero by luck, nothing else.
1: Shout out to our guy, Money Earning Mount Vernon Fairly on on the YouTube. He says, "Don't bring Jason Palmer on here. He's gonna troll you with his Dolphins gear on." LOL. <laughs> Shout out to our guy, Vernon. Thanks for supporting us. Yeah, J- we love Jason Palmer. Hope we will get we'll get him on this show soon. <laughs> yeah, like you said, Lakina, the Dolphins were very lucky to win that game yesterday. So. Uh, they're 3-0 by the Buffalo Bills uh, drop to 2-1-1. Let's go to Minneapolis. Lakina, the home of Morris Day in the Time. The late great singer Prince Jimmy, Jimmy, Jeremy, Terry Lewis, and that whole crew. The Vikings come from behind to get the video over the division rival Lions, 28-24. The Lions quickly jumped up to a 14-0 lead. The Vikings responded with a 14-point second quarter. The Lions... We're up by three late in the game. Laquina, Dan Campbell, your head coach of the Lions, decided to kick a 56-yard field goal. Guess what? It failed. The Vikings went down the field and scored the game-winning touchdown. The Lions were in control of this game. We always say, Laquina, the game is not 30 minutes. It's not 45 minutes. It's 60 minutes. Dan Campbell gave that game away for the Lions. Uh, That game was on at the same time. It was the Bears game here in Chicago. So I watched most of that while I watched the Buffalo-Miami game via this computer screen. Detroit had the Vikings on the ropes, and Dan Campbell gave it away. Period.
0: Well, the Vikings got took advantage of that. You know, with that, uh, and that they pass did. from Cousins from Cousins to KJ Osborn that sealed the win for them. The go ahead touchdown there. They marched down the field after after not getting that fourth down conversion. The Lions did so. Look, they're learning, and look, moral victories. I mean, I, I'm sure you know the Lions will get sick of them in the end, but. You know, look, if you're a Vikings, you'll, you'll take the win. You're two and one. You didn't have your best, you know, your first half wasn't your best, but they, they were able to get it mm-hmm. together, make a couple adjustments. You know, Cousins got better. They gave Dalva, cooked the ball a little bit more, and, you know, relying on your receivers. You got some really good ones, you know, Osborne, Adam Thielen, and Irv Smith. So they were really the mm-hmm. ones that kind of like helped, sort of like kept the, the Vikings in their defense, too. I mean, look, the defense kind of kept them at bay, especially in their fourth quarter, so it had mm-hmm. that big stop. So. That, that kind of propelled them. And, look, that's sometimes it's you got to do that, too, especially if you're learning how to win under a new regime like the Vikings are doing.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned Dalvin Cook, 17 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown. On the flip side for Detroit, Jared Goff. Uh, two big turnovers, but he was 25 for 41 for 277 yards and a touchdown. And Josh Reynolds was that big target for the Lions, six catches for 96 yards. Vikings are now two and one. The Lions are one and two. Let's travel up to New York City, in the, where the Cincinnati Bengals get their first win of the year. They are one and two on the year after defeating the New York Jets 27 to 12. Joe Flacco for the Jets, 28 to 52, 285 yards and two interceptions. Sammy P. Ryan for Cincinnati, he had a, a touchdown touchdown catch he had nine carries for 47 rushing yards and Tyler Boyd was the big target for Cincinnati four catches 105 yards and a score my guy Joe Burrow because he's on my fantasy team three touchdown passes in all
0: yeah it was only sacked twice yay that's a that's a that's a you know that that's an improvement there now look I mean the Bengals didn't really have to do too much against the Jets I mean the Jets kind of kicked themselves with you know drops and you know, mm-hmm. turnovers. I know uh, Flacco threw a couple of interceptions and he was sacked four times. So, that, that whole thing, I mean, like, again, the Jets, just, you're, just, you're learning how to, this is a new crop here. Now, the Bengals, you really needed this win more than anything because you were going, you know, you were over two. Mm-hmm. Your quarterback was talking about, has been sacked about a dozen times already so far this year. So, this wasn't, this was a pretty ugly game to watch. So, I feel bad for anybody that watched this game. You know, there were drops and fumbles and, mm-hmm. and such, but, you know, the Bengals, you'll, you'll take the win to get your first win of the season.
1: Let's go to our nation's capital, the Washington Commanders. Lakina, They disappointed me and disappointed me and their fans uh, tremendously. The Philadelphia Eagles improved their records to 3-0 after a 24-8 victory over their uh, division rivals. Jalen Hurts for the Eagles, 22 of 35, 340 yards to three touchdown passes. Miles Sanders ran the ball for Philadelphia 15 times for 46 yards. Devontae Smith had a big game yesterday for the, uh, the Mean Green Crew. Eight catches, 169 yards in the score.
0: And Carson Woods was sacked nine times. Nine times. And the irony of uh, well, the irony of this is that he's sacked at least eight, you know, eight times, twice in his career, you know, yesterday, of course, against the gets Philly. But when he played for Philly, it was against Washington a couple of years ago in 2020. So uh, maybe not, not a good thing, maybe perhaps maybe playing against Against Washington, or you know, playing in Landover, when he has to face you know, the Eagles or facing the you know, Commanders, but that's, that's mm-hmm. not good. I mean, the McLaren they had 102 receiving yards, but they just they just couldn't get the offense good because of those sacks. So mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, the, the the Eagles were able to take advantage of that again. You know, traveling on a short week, but you know they looked really good. And you know, look, the Eagles are probably one of those teams where look, we had them win the division. There's still a long ways to go, but they're looking really mm-hmm. good so far. I mean, I like I like with you, know, Hurts and. Um, Smith had this nice little repertoire there and also too, uh their defense is actually pretty solid. So looking pretty good for the Eagles.
1: Yeah, let's go down to Charlotte, North, North Carolina, where the Panthers get their first victory of the season. They defeated the New Orleans Saints, their division rivals, from the NFC South, 22-14. Jameis Winston for the Saints, 25-41, threw in there 53 yards in a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey was the man for Carolina in the running department, 25 carries for 108 yards. Chris Olive, their rookie wide receiver from Ohio State for the Saints, he had nine catches and 147 yards.
0: Yeah, I mean, this was not a not a good not a good game for the uh, the Saints. You know, those two I didn't even turn right? to it. <laughs> yeah, I'll say two. You know, the two interceptions. Look, I feel bad for whoever had to watch this game. Uh, look, Olive had 147 uh, receiving yards, but you know, it was Carolina. I mean, you know, we could tell that you know Bayf- Baker Mayfield wanted to win this game desperately, especially since they had a couple of chances uh, to win their first game. You know, M- Christian McCaffrey probably not uh, not percent but he did rush for 108 uh, receiving yards. You know. You know, Mayfield uh, had a touchdown uh, pass. Not really to do too much, but again, you know, the Saints couldn't get their offense going. Now they got to go it late, but it really, you know, it mm-hmm. didn't really matter too much after that. So, you know, three field goals by the, by the, by the Panthers, and they were able to kind of uh, seal the win.
1: Our guy, Jonathan Hood from ESPN 1000. We we got to get you on the show uh, one of these weeks, Jonathan. We really support you. Um, thank you for supporting us. He asked a question via Facebook. Which team is more impressive, Miami, Jacksonville, or Philadelphia? Me personally, Philadelphia, because they're more of a complete team. Jalen Hurts has finally learned the playbook. He's using his wide receivers. And A.J. Brown, we mentioned Devontae Smith, who had a great game yesterday. But that defense uh, has been solid uh, so far in this season. They were solid. On the world go yesterday. So if out of those three teams, Philadelphia is number one for me.
0: I think Phil, yeah, look, I said I just said a couple um moments ago I think Philly I really look I think they you this is the most talented team they built from the ground up they got to the playoffs last year via a wild card i think they're I think they really can win the NFC East and you know look they're their defense again not exact not a lot of you know you know Chauncey Gunner you know CJ Garner Johnson you know Fletcher Cox is still there but you know darius slay is also still there so mm-hmm. you know a couple of the big names but again they're mostly like young guys so i think that's sort of you know and hopefully hurts can kind of keep it up he and Devontae smith have a nice little rapport also miles sanders too so i think philly is a to- uh, is uh, the number is like the top deal three and oh like i said the dolphins dolphins got in because of luck that's the only reason why they're they're even this even undefeated right now let's be honest jacksonville mm-hmm. you know, let's talk about jacksonville uh too since we're going into the late games Mm-hmm. the second sports on sports on Chicago recapping NFL Week Three. Laquinta McGee, Cindy Brown, uh, with you here on Sports Zone Chicago. Jacksonville dominated from start to finish against the Chargers. Unfortunately, the injury bug has hit the Chargers. You know they lost mm-hmm. lost one of the top uh, tackles, you know, for the year it looks like, and you know Bosa was out too. So it, it was just just not a good look. And of course, Keenan Allen didn't play. And, and such, so, so just the, and you know, and you can tell that Justin Herbert was not one hundred percent with that mm-hmm. torn rib cartilage, so you can kind of tell he was wincing a lot. You know, the, I kind of felt bad for him. Trevor Lawrence had you know passed for three touchdowns. James Robinson rushed for over, rushed just had a hundred yards and a touchdown. So you know the Chargers could get their offense going. Like I said, injuries are starting to plague him. And okay, said yeah, yeah, said okay, yeah, you picked up Jacksonville. <laughs>
1: I told you, yeah, I yeah, told yeah. you, but like I always say, you don't believe me. The proof's in the pudding, <laughs> but right, but right. I, I but I agree with you, Lakina. Watching that game yesterday, live and in the living color via this computer screen, I, I told you why Jacksonville was going to win because Justin Herbert was a completely healthy, and that the Jacksonville defense is. Very young and is very active, and they have a, a competent head coach, Doug Peterson. And like I said, you saw Trevor Lawrence finally grow up before our eyes yesterday after struggling uh, in Washington to open up the season. Um, he improved a little bit last week, he did a much better job yesterday. They definitely took advantage of the Chargers' mistakes. The Chargers could not get in, anything going, especially in the running department. So, and they had to basically play catch up. Throughout most of the game, the the Chargers, sorry, the Chargers did give up thirty one points in the in the second, in the second and third quarters combined. But uh, Jacksonville give give it up to them. They they took advantage of the Chargers' mistakes. He had a couple of players in the, uh, of Jacksonville, especially in the offensive department, Stevan McCool your old guy Marvin Jones. He had a big touchdown catch yesterday, one handed. So Jacksonville, they did what they had to do there. T- 2-1, the Chargers are 1-2. and two. Now, if you're a Chargers fan, you, you'll have to worry just a little bit, but you better hope that Nick Bosa returns, and hopefully Justin Herbert can get a little bit more healthy to go along this season because, as we said before, as, as far as the Chargers, you're in a competitive AFC West. With Kansas City losing yesterday, and with Las Vegas, maybe not to recover after starting up the season 0-1-3, uh, you cannot fall too, too far behind if you're the Chargers.
0: Like I said, you know, Rashad shots later, ruptured bicep tendon, he's out for the season for the Chargers, too. So injuries are starting to play, and they had other injuries, too. Of course, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, like Keenan Allen didn't play yesterday. So it's just just a weirdness all around. So uh, we'll see if the Chargers can get it together. Another uh, late game, we got the Rams and the Cardinals. Again, you know, this is sort of like, meh. You know, of course, I, I guess the Cardinals are still waiting on DeAndre Hobbs to come back in a few weeks, I guess. But uh, again, the Rams not didn't look, you know, not not the flashiest, real, you know, but again, mm-hmm. you know, Cardinals struggled on on uh, offense a lot. Uh, Stafford had a, a 249 yards, and mm-hmm. it was really like their deep, their rushing attack and their defense. I mean, Cooper Cup had a, a rushing touchdown. Your know, Fair came Baker came scored his first rushing touchdown of the season, so. Again, not the flashiest performance by the defending uh, Super Bowl mm-hmm. champs, but it was just enough to win this game in the in division.
1: Yeah, my guy, Cooper Cup. he's on my fantasy team this year. He had a rushing touchdown early in that game. Kyler Murray on the flip side for the, the Cardinals, 37-58, 314 yards. Cam Cam Akers ran the ball with some consistency for the Rams, 12 carries, 61 yards in a score. And for the Arizona Cardinals in the catching department, Marquise Brown, a 14 catches for 140 yards. Lakina, so I thought I was a little bit disappointed because I thought that Arizona will score a little bit more points against this Rams Stevens who has come out the gate struggling this this year. Aaron Donald mm-hmm. is solid, but the rest of their defense is really in question. I know Jalen Ramsey made a couple big plays yesterday, but for Arizona, like you say, they're, probably, they're waiting for DeAndre Hawkins to come back. But you thought that Murray would carry on that momentum that. that from that victory last week at Las Mm -hmm. Vegas, but it it was just um, left for, they were left for dead yesterday and the Rams didn't really play that great, but they did enough to pick up a big win in the division on the road.
0: Yeah. And I think that's sort of, but that was a theme here. Like that was kind of a choice that Arizona wasn't more aggressive with the Rams defense. But like you said, I mean, like we were saying, I mean, I guess they're waiting on DeAndre Hopkins to come back in a few weeks. So, who knows there? Uh Atlanta upset uh Seattle 27-23. Marcus <laughs> Mariota. Hey, Marcus. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. You called that one too soon, all right? So that's why you that's I why told why you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cordero Patterson, 141 rushing yards and a touchdown. You had Marcus Mariota had 229 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, the Seahawks, you know, Smith. I mean, he was solid, you know, two touchdown passes through through 325 yards. Oh. But you know, I think Atlanta. You could probably say Atlanta could easily be two and one right now, since yep. they're, still, they're kind of still trying to uh, try to find their way and had the feelers out. But a solid, uh, solid performance by by Atlanta at League. You know, that's not an easy place to play. So the fact that they were able to pull off this win on the road in Seattle is nothing short of amazing.
1: Yeah, as we mentioned before, the Falcons have been competitive so far this year. That they, they blew a big lead against the Saints in their home opener. Last mm-hmm. week, they almost pulled off a miracle comeback against a defended champion, Los Angeles Rams team. Yesterday, we all know that Seattle is going to be a rebuilding team this year. They took advantage of it, especially early, and they held on with a big interception at the end. Cordell Patterson, one-time bear, 17 carries for 141 yards in mm-hmm. the score. Cal Pitts, this is his best game so far this year. He's going to be their main target, their big tight end from Florida. He had five catches for 87 yards. So like I said, Marcus Mariota, long as he doesn't turn the football over, uh, mm-hmm. the Atlanta Falcons will be o- okay on mm-hmm. offense. They're not anything home to rave about like they were in years past under Matt Ryan. But if Marcus Mariota can limit the turnovers and just keep it simple, Atlanta will be competitive with the chance to win their ball games.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they'll, they'll challenge for a wild card spot. They're definitely gonna give oh, no, teams no. they're definitely gonna give teams fit this year. So if you see Atlanta mm-hmm. in your schedule, they're one of those teams where you may not want, don't look past them. So just saying, you know, look what happened yesterday with uh with Seattle now. Of course, the battle of the of two former MVPs only combined to score 26 points. You know, that's I'm talking about the Packers <laughs> and the Bucs. As the, you know, the Packers were able to hold off the Bucs. That's the fewest in the game featuring two former MVPs at QB since 04. So I mean, you know, the Packers came out of the gate, scored, you know, two touchdowns in the first half. Mm-hmm. Bucks couldn't get their offense going. You know, there really not that much was happening in the second, of the, the third oh, quarter, yeah. and until that wasn't until the Bucks in those last few minutes where they went down the field, talking about the Bucks did, and you know they scored. He's going to touch the pray Ray uh, through a touchdown pass to Russell Gage, <laughs> but they missed a two point conversion. Packers did just enough to win this game. Again, not the prettiest. I mean, you know, Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson—they did what they could with calling the game. They made it as entertaining as possible, but it was just not a very. It just wasn't a good game all overall. Just the offense—you know—both offense could get things going, especially after those two touchdowns that the mm-hmm. Packers scored. It was just very weird. <laughs> if you guys got, it, that was America's game of the week, by the way, folks.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. The Buccaneers scored nine points in the second half. Those are the only points that were scored in that second half, which was more disappointing. The Bucs. Overall, or the Packers not scoring any points in the second half, it was a toss up right there. But I know the Buccaneers have been dealing with the injuries, especially with Kurt Chris Godwin, their mm-hmm. big wide receiver, all year long. Like I said, Russell Gage stepped up with that big touchdown late off of 12 catches for 87 yards. Brady, he did what he could, but I told you on Friday, Lakina, the Pack, uh, the, the Buccaneers had to run some run the ball with some consistency, unless you saw something I didn't see, I didn't see any of that yesterday. Brady carried the team for 271 yards in that late touchdown. Uh, pass to Gage but on the flip side for Green Bay Aaron Jones 12 carries for 36 yards if you're the Packers you'll ignore that for today only because your team won but the Packers formula for right now to Aaron Rodgers starts trusting his receivers is to run the ball when you saw what they did to the Bears last week but uh, Green Bay they didn't play that best in the second half but they escaped with the win uh, how they w- well, w- won games the last two or three years run the ball and playing defense to let Aaron Rodgers cook when they need to
0: well like our buddy lamont scott said i mean that that penalty that fall start well i think it was a a fall start well i think it might have been a delayed game penalty i should say against the Bucks. that definitely didn't help them you know trying to set up a two-point conversion so just a weird thing how that happened there but uh Mm -hmm. yeah again not pretty but you'll take the win if you're the packers now saturday night football i mean like you know people (laughs) were saying all over twitter that this was probably three hours that we weren't going to get back and we did not because that was a yeah, uh, ugly game from start to finish. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, went down the field. Uh, Melville Gordon, uh, the third, got that touchdown uh, pass—a uh, touchdown, rushing touchdown—I should say—that mm-hmm. was the only touchdown for them, and it was just enough for them to win that game, eleven to ten. It's a very similar score back in 08 <laughs> against from the from the uh, with Denver against the then San Diego Chargers. Well, that whole that whole weirdness there, but that's a whole different conversation for the old eight mm-hmm. game. But uh yeah, not a pretty game, Sid. So for those of you who are unfortunate to watch the Sunday night football, <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, as Charles Barkley
1: would say, "Terrible." As yeah, terrible. Yeah, Tori Abel, (laughs) Hori (laughs) Abel. Jimmy G decided to do the old Sierra one-two step, stepping out of the end zone, and guess who was happy? Dan Frawczyk, because he was the last person to do that, when he was playing (laughs) in the NFL and. Of course, those two points that was given to the Broncos off their safety turned out to be the difference in the game. Jimmy Garofalo for the 49ers was 18-29, and 29, 211 yards and a touchdown pass. Jeff Wilson ran the ball hard for the 49ers, 12 carries for 75 yards. Gordon Sutton was the, uh, the man of the hour for the Broncos in a receiving department, eight catches for 97 yards. Laquina, that Denver Broncos offense did not look good. The, the the majority of that game, trust me, I was watching something that was flipping back and forth, but uh, it didn't look good. The 49ers didn't look that much better either, offensively. Their defense, as we, we said on Friday, will keep them in the game and perhaps win it, but and Russell Wilson uh, uh, did, did some magical things down the final drive, and that's how Denver won the game.
0: Yeah, like I, like I said, I mean, the defense kept, you know, Denver in it for a while, and, you know, that, that one-two mm-hmm. step that uh, Jimmy G did, you know, going out of bounds, I don't know where you didn't know where he was by then, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> Trent Williams, you know, got hurt, so that didn't help them either in that sense, but uh, both quarterbacks were sacked. I'm talking about Jimmy G and Russell Wilson were both mm-hmm. uh, sacked four times apiece, so that didn't help either. It's just an ugly game all around, so it's just – like it was terrible and uh yeah denver escapes nathaniel hackett you know they get to celebrate their second win of the season so uh, i guess you'll take the win for the broncos i mean definitely not pretty Mm -hmm. but hey uh yeah you gotta
1: start somewhere i guess
0: yeah yeah yeah, i i guess so but uh okay yeah broncos
1: two and one and 49ers one and two
0: right oh exactly so (laughs) Well, yeah, that final drive has our well, yeah, as our, our buddy Lamont Scott said to I me, mean, uh, Russell actually looked like himself in that last drive. So, yeah, yeah, he kind of did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, look, he had a had a, a rush, you know, that that that, that you know, moved the chain. So, uh, yeah, he definitely looked like himself in that last drive. So, we'll see if we see the uh, the Broncos gonna turn the corner here. Uh, real quick, uh, studs and duds.
1: Ooh, studs! Oh, good grief! Um, uh, let's see, Khalil Herbert for the Bears, 157 yards off of two touch, touchdowns. My second stud will be Jalen Waddle for the Miami Dolphins. And my third stud, it will be Joe Burrow, three touchdown passes for the Bengals.
0: Mine are Trevor Lawrence, 262 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to say Philadelphia, just an overall great overall mm-hmm. team win against the commanders. And you know, the commanders aren't that good. They're kind of like right at the same level as the bears. They will actually be facing the bears in about a month, but you know, I'll give uh, Philly their you know their their due. You know, Jalen Hurts at that defense and Devontae Smith was really good. And uh, I'll say Baltimore. Baltimore, you were in my doghouse last week. You must have, you might listen. You must listen to me, of course. You know, particularly Lamar Jackson, <laughs> four touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown rush for over for just just at a hundred yards. So a nice showing there. Now, Duds, uh, the old line for Washington,
2: giving mm-hmm.
0: up nine sacks. Had your quarterback get sacked nine times? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Las Vegas. I don't know what's going on with you guys. You guys are the last team. Team to you. You're you're the last team that without a win. You're the last team to be zero three through their three games. Were the 1959 uh Detroit Lions. They finished three eight and one. So hopefully the the, the Raiders will have a little bit better. Just uh just mm-hmm. saying. Uh, my other, uh, my other dud is, uh, well, the, just the game itself. Uh, Bron uh, the 49 and Broncos, the game itself was a dud. So <laughs> go ahead.
1: All right. My three duds quickly the new Orleans saints, Carson Wentz. And my third dud would be Dan Campbell in the Detroit lions. She gave that way, gave that game away. Detroit was in control of that game. Why would you kick a 56 yard field goal? You punt the ball and force the Vikings to score 10 more yards to have a winning score. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: Oh, uh, my bonus, Dud. Well, I'll, I'll stay and up because the Bills, they were in the game, but they're now 0-6, you know, when games decide by eight points or four. If you're trying to win a championship, that's not going to help. You know, your goal, your, after your loss uh, yesterday, you're 0-6-1. That's not good if you're trying to win a championship. Just saying. I know no. we're, we're way up against this, so let, let's preview uh, this Cowboys-Giants Monday night game. This will be on ABC, ESPN. Uh, ESPN 2 with the Manning cast and also ESPN Plus. Mm So you'll have other many, many ways to watch this game. Real quick, what's what's your your breakdown here?
1: For the Cowboys, they need to run the ball, run the ball with some consistency with uh, Ezekiel Elliott and, most importantly, Tony Pollard. And on the flip side for the Giants, can they create pressure, especially up the middle, uh, to force Cooper Rush to throw some passes that he's not ready to throw? And on the flip side for the Giants, can Daniel Jones, their quarterback, can he not turn the ball over? We know Saquon Barkley's going to be there for him, but can Daniel Jones not turn the ball over and can he make the right throws?
0: Yeah, hopefully Cooper Rush can kind of keep up the theme with the with what he's been doing so far, not making any big mistakes. You know, Daniel Jones, I'm sure you know, we're going to see Saquon Barkley a lot, you know, tonight and also two wish mm-hmm. defenses because the Cowboys giving up a lot of points, so we'll see if they can uh, get it going here and and uh, stop uh, the Giants from the ranks of the unbeaten. So there should be a fun one tonight. You, yeah, you can check it out at 7.15 on ESPN, ABC simulcasting, and on ESPN+. There's no, no main cast this week. I should, I should correct that. I think there is a main. I thought there was a many cast, but, yeah, I think no main cast this week. So, yeah.
1: Hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead as you stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports continues with the White Sox fumbling 2022 season away. The Cubs make up some ground, sort of, on the road. We'll have the rest of Major League Baseball as. Baseball history is coming up upon us. We'll have the week four review in college football. And plus, we'll have old school TV Monday. All that and much more straight ahead. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You listen to the hashtag Bears Football Monday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone (laughs) Chicago.
3: Feet. Push it. Anything in that building is the target? Cap it up. Cleared hot, cleared hot. Uh-huh. Yeah, type one control bomb on target. Okay. There, that's all I needed. Check it out.
5: toward the sounds of chaos, ready to respond at a moment's notice. And when the time comes, they are the first to move toward the sounds of tyranny, injustice, and despair. They are forged, in the crucible of training. They are the few, the proud, the marines.
1: Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports on the hashtag Bears Victory Monday, right here on Sports Zone oh, Chicago. We're alive and live in 11 color. I'm Sid, that's Likina over there. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again at CK80, that's SIDKIDA0. That's SIDKIDA0. You follow
0: me at on the Twitter and at Kenan Score on the IG.
1: We got less than an hour left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us? As a few people have chatted and chimed in already, you can go to Sports Old Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Old Chicago on YouTube. Typing in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And as a daily reminder, Sports Old Chicago is now available on Roku TV. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Chicago is now on Roku TV. We're available. Live and live in color and on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week and 365 days a year. Lakina, let's get started with our number two of this fabulous program by talking Chicago baseball. Let's start out with the Chicago White Sox. The season from hell continues. They have now lost their last six straight games. They went 0 for 6 on the homestand. They haven't won a game since winning at Detroit last Sunday. Lakina, I hate saying this because athletes, they... We know that they try to give their all, and especially in baseball, it's a long year. But I, I hate, I, I hate using this term, but for this conversation purposes only, I'm going to say this. I feel like they they quit. I know they gave everything they had in that Tuesday game against the last Tuesday against the Guardians, but after losing an extra innings, I, I I feel like they just. Thrown in the towel, given up, and they're going through the motions, waiting for this disappointing season to be over. I was there on Saturday because I had a, an event to go to because I'm a season ticket holder. But out, outside of that, looking like, you know, at a nice windbreaker, by the way, that the bear, that the sorry, the White Sox gave out on Saturday night. I know they had a, over a hundred thousand fans there over the weekend against the, the the Tigers. Of course, yesterday was the last Family Sunday uh, game of the season. Saturday was the giveaways I just mentioned. Friday's game was the first. Uh, Friday fireworks shows featuring drones, and I saw pictures on the Twitter and the IG. They look phenomenal, but outside of that, Laquina, the White Sox players have disappointed the, their fans so far this season. They're one game of below 500. I know we all have plenty of time to talk about what they need to do this offseason, but the way they have been playing, they're just throwing in the towel, and this does not look good as your season winds down with a little bit over a week to go.
0: Yeah, it's sort of one of those things where you, you lose six in a row at home, uh, to your division rivals this is the first time that has mm-hmm. happened. They've been swept at home since 1989. So it's been a while since they've had, they lost like both, not only both their series, but were swept in both series. So it, it's mm-hmm. definitely kind of one of those things where you're just sort of like, yeah, maybe in a couple of games, they did kind of just give up. I know that that Saturday game against Detroit, even though they did you know catch up, you know, they had an early lead, but they weren't able to sustain it. Same thing with uh, yesterday's game. I mean, I, I think the I think some of those White Sox, I'm not accusing, but some of those White Sox players are kind of like one foot out the door. You know, the the Guardians have already clinched the division. We'll get to them in a second, and they're trolling, mm-hmm. and uh, and rightfully so. They, they have every right to troll. So <laughs> it's sort of one of those things where, look, like I said, we I don't want to get too much into it because we got other you know better baseball to talk about. But mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I mean, I tapped this team out. I tapped out on this team like about right before the All Star break. I told everybody. I said, mm-hmm. look. You know, Tim Anderson, I, I think they're saying it should be back. I think tomorrow when they start their series against the twins at Target Field. Again, it's not gonna there's no work. sense of him playing now this year. It's not gonna work. You know, I know there's seven and a half or seven and a half back, but it's just mathematics at this point. Know, mm-hmm. mathematically, yes, they're still in the wild card, but it's not it's not gonna happen. I think some of those guys I think have tapped out, and look the twins, you know, again, it is sort of just one of those days where I think. Look, unfortunately for the Sox, it just wasn't written from this year. There's a lot to talk about. You know, Tony was not going to be back this year, which is probably smart. I would say sit out Tananason, sit out Jose Abreu, sit mm-hmm. out a lot of those guys. I would say sit out Eloy, too. Let the younger guys, you know, try <laughs> to get into it and get it going. So there's just really no sense in the at this point. There really isn't.
1: It's all about setting the attitude for next year, Lakina. Like you said, the, for those that are injured and and they don't need to play like Tim Anderson. Of course, we said this about Michael Kopech last week. They don't need to play. Get them ready for 2023, and they're going to start out with perhaps a new man on-the-field manager. But, Lekina, the way that the White Sox have played all year long, as I I said, they just wouldn't let us go until that big series, uh, the biggest series of the year last week against the Guardians. The, the White Sox failed, and they failed miserably. And we we talked about this on Friday, about Lance Slant's comments about them playing like crap. And this is what happens when you play like crap. Lakina, like, you know, remember back in school, I didn't do this often, but I did it a couple of times. Remember, you had a big project due. Uh, there was homework given over the weekend, and you waited until Sunday night to do that homework, and you did it so you will not fail the assignment. But if the teacher had a pop quiz, you would forget about it because you didn't take the time to do it. You would just worry about getting the homework done so you won't, you won't get an apple in your side. Remember those days? hmm Oh,
2: yeah. Now, that's couple, that's, the, that's your
1: 22, and that's the summary for your 2022 Chicago White Sox. They started out sluggish. They tried to maintain and go through the motions, and then when it was too late, they tried to catch up. They got caught with their pants down. Look at where they are.
0: And yeah, I'm closing the chapter on that. So, you know, look, let's just <laughs> I, look. Like I said, I'm not going to watch any of these games. I mean, look, like, we'll mm-hmm. see if they actually show a little bit of, you know, sort of thing to try to finish strong, but it, it's not happening. Listen the Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Now going on the north side. Now, look, they're not going to the playoffs either, but they actually showed a little bit of, the, of a of fight. I mean, the Cubs were down against the Pirates. They were able to win that mm-hmm. series, win three out of four. They're 67 and 86. I mean their their offense has actually looked really good. You know, the you know, Patrick yeah. Wisdom had uh, a three run home run and a couple of R- other RBIs too. You know, their pitch has actually been pretty solid. That bullpen's actually been pretty been pretty good too. Uh yeah, I, I mean look, I think that the race for 70 is on, I think. And if you're sort of the Cubs, you know, you'll be liking what you're seeing right now. And look, the Cubs are benefiting from having to having to play uh the really good teams at this point. I mean, they're being like the team they're supposed to be. I mean, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll have a, a tough one against the Phillies starting tomorrow and they can kind of have a say on whether or not the Phillies get into the wild cards on the national league side we'll get to them in the second. But you know, if you're the if you're the Cubs, I mean the fact that they're not giving up, they could have just, you know, sort of you know, cast aside and said, you know what, we're not gonna play this anymore. But unlike the White Sox, the Cubs are trying a little bit of a fight too. So you gotta be feeling pretty good if <laughs> you're a Cubs fan, you know, going up into going into next year.
1: Yeah, here's the thing about the Cubs: whether they play the Mets, whether they play the Pirates or the Phillies coming up starting tomorrow, they play consistently hard, LaQuina. That's what you're supposed to do if you're if you're a Major League Baseball team. No matter who's who's the opponents, you you must show up and give it your all, give it your best effort every single day. And if you're a Cubs fan, even though this season has been tough. Uh, take pride in the fact that that your team shows up to play every day. As we said a thousand times, we'll say it a thousand and one give manager David Ross credit for having the the attitude instilled within his players is on the, on the job training. And, but at the major league level, these players have responded. Uh, The reason why they are losing most of these games because they don't have any major league ready talent, but, you cannot question their enthusiasm. You cannot uh, question their effort. So they will get to 70 wins. And like you said, they can uh, impact the playoff race coming up as they play the Philadelphia Phillies for three starting tomorrow. So uh, for the Cubs, it, it, they should take this series against Philadelphia. Uh, this is going to give them confidence going into next year and hopefully management. will keep saying this again too. What will they do this offseason? Will they go all in? Will they halfway go in? they got to put a better team out there than they have this year to get the fans back for sure
0: yeah absolutely and we'll see the fan how the the the, you know, the number of the fans look especially since they got these next you know next six you know before we to go on on the road they uh, they have this thing with uh philly they got the three gamers starting tomorrow and also they have a home and home to finish a home and road uh series with the the reds you know so six games to kind of finish <laughs> up the season they're gonna be seeing the reds a lot this last week after uh thursday so It'll be interesting to see how they finish. I mean, they should be able to get mm-hmm. to seventy and maybe even get beyond that. So we'll see what happens there. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Lekina McGee Cindy Brown with you. And uh, a milestone was set on Saturday, and uh, it was. I wish we had a, uh, had a video clip of that. But uh, Albert Pujols becomes the fourth member of the 700 club, and also too, he also is the first, just the fourth, just the, the only that to be born outside the U.S hit both his six hundred ninety ninth and seventy seven hundred game in the same uh in the same game. First guy to do that. Then he hit, hit seven hundred uh against his former team and be older than the manager at the time of his milestone Homer. So <laughs> a lot yeah, I know that was a little day that someone mentioned earlier. Like, wait, oh wait, he's actually older than his manager. <laughs> he's only 37 he's 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 oh, <laughs> yeah he's only like 38 years old as manager. So it's sort of like what else Aceberg, you know, they'll defeat the Dodgers, but uh you know, they t- 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 you know they split their series with the Dodgers but uh, a nice little milestone moment that stopped the game for a little bit you saw that little uh little moment with Dave Roberts you know cheering but like oh crap oh what I forgot oh, wait he hasn't che- he doesn't play for me anymore so that was, right. a little, <laughs> that was a little bit weird but uh yeah that was a nice little kilo like, little moment there but they did stop the game for a few minutes to you know have let a uh, pool celebrate but just a really great milestone The fact that he's still hitting home runs at his age it's just it's just incredible
1: I didn't think he was going to get to it this year the because he's he's a He's he's a DH at this point in his career. He was a, used as a part-time player, but congratulations to him. It's a a, a a credible feat. Shout out to our friend of the show from Bally Sports and and from the TV show The Rally, Marquee Sports Network, air the Rally live here in Chicago. Thank you. Yes, but with that being said, shout out to our guy Russ Dorsey. He was on the call with Rain Rain Dazzle. Uh, from, from Apple TV plus for that game on Friday where uh, the ma- baseball history happened. So mm-hmm. Apple Pujols, congratulations to you. Uh, you had a heck of a career. Let's say that Springsboard springboards, the cart, the Cardinals on, on this playoff run here, but Pulos was called the machine uh, 20 years ago. He basically re- replaced Mark McGuire as he was getting old and injuries started to uh, tally up on him. But Poulos has, has been that consistent power here throughout his career, even with his years with the Angels. Uh, he still continues to swing the bat well there. But uh, just like some of the athletes that have been consistent playing for double-digit years, Al- Albert Poulos has, has been getting better with time and he's definitely been benefited from that uh, universal dh rule and that's why he's lasted longer especially this year with the cardinals
0: Oliver Romo is their uh, manager, and he just turned thirty six in July. So that's just again that, that was a joke. <laughs> when they said, you know, Pujols is older. He's actually, uh, you know, he's actually younger than most some of his star players. I know, I know Wayne Wright is like thirty eight. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like one of those things where you're kind of like, yeah, he's actually older than some of his star players. So go figure there. But yeah, a great milestone for Pujols. He's definitely a first battle Hall of Famer. We'll see if he adds another World Series to his uh, his resume you know, with the Cardinals. They're getting closer and closer. I think their magic, magic number, I believe is down to like like two or three to close the nl central so mm-hmm. we'll see if they can do that but uh yeah just a, a great milestone uh sort of a, uh kind of milestone moment will probably it'll probably be a while before we'll see somebody get close to Oh yeah but uh Definitely yeah i don't yeah but uh also to another milestone uh 60 uh home runs for aaron judge he hit that uh yesterday as the Yankees uh took the series against the Red Sox. They needed <laughs> they won seven in a row. They mm-hmm. sweep the Red Sox. They eliminated them from playoff contention. Sorry, Red Sox fans. I know you guys thought it was a little <laughs> bit close for a little bit, but uh, you know, they're starting to kind of find their groove again too. And their pitching has actually been really solid. So again, what do you think about that moment with uh Aaron Judge? I know Robert Maris's family was there. You know, they've been there like the last week. So <laughs> Yankee Stadium yeah. but uh, what thing you think about that moment?
1: Yeah, congratulations to Aaron Judge, and hopefully he'll get past 63. I know that's not the single-season record. I understand that, but it's a great moment for uh, Yankees fans, for Judge personally. And we talked about it all year, Lakina. He turned down a two hundred fifteen million contract. He bet on himself, and he's going to get a hefty payday, perhaps uh, closer to $300 million, maybe a little bit north of that. But mm-hmm. uh, he, 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 as we said before uh, during the season, Laquen, especially early during the season, him and John Carlos standing, both of them must stay healthy for the Yankees to be competitive. I believe right now the Houston Astros are still the best team in the American League. So if Aaron Judge and John Carlos standing both stay healthy, the Yankees will be fine. Like I said, their pitchings turned turned around. Garrico got squeezed on one of those calls during his last start uh, against the Red Sox, and he got tossed from the game. But he's starting to turn it around. Or hopefully, some of the other guys behind them in the starting rotation will start to turn turn around and and, mm-hmm. and keep it up going into the playoffs. But it's just as simple for the Yankees: if Aaron Judge doesn't hit, the Yankees don't win. But if Aaron Judge does hit, the Yankees have a better chance to win. So it's kind of a weird dynamic dynamics there. But is Aaron is Aaron Judge a sixty home run hitter? No, I think he's a thirty five to forty home run hitter yearly, but he's taking advantage of the pitches that's thrown to him down the middle of the plate. And he's knocking him out. So, so he, uh, he's betting on himself and right now he's in the driver's seat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it should be interesting to see, especially with the MVP race coming up. I mean, I know Shane he's your hands out. And AL
1: MVP winner, period.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, I think look. I think judge is showing you that he's been consistent all year, mm-hmm. you know, not just, you know, the triple crown or right, right near uh threading for the triple crown twos. So, It'll be interesting to see, we especially as we get close, you know, as we get into you know the end of this towards the end of the season, the last week and a half. So we'll see what happens there. Now, okay, Seattle Mariners. All right, your Seattle you're, Mariners. You're, you're, you're. <laughs> losing two out of three to the Royals, also two losing like yesterday's game in a weird fashion. Uh the Royals were, ugh, Jesus, the, the Royals were tra- uh, were trailing eleven to two. They scored eleven runs during that time frame, and they ended <laughs> up winning at thirteen to twelve. <laughs> Eat, uh, teams had lost 820 consecutive games or trailing by at least nine runs. Okay, Seattle, it's because of you. The White White Sox are still mathematically in it. You had one job there.
5: Stop okay, it.
0: You, you, play, you play. I mean, look, you play the Rangers starting tomorrow. So hopefully, you'll, you'll, you'll get, you get. You should be able to sweep the Rangers. Anything uh, short of a sweep is just you know minuscule and just doesn't matter at this point. But you know, this again. You can't afford to have these kinds of games. I know the Worlds have been a pain to every, a lot of teams, but this year, as to the White Sox, so yeah. you know that 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 was just that was just a crazy uh, game. I saw a little bit of the the highlights of that's just a crazy game, especially those last few innings where the the world started their comeback.
1: Yeah, it was just a bad day at, at the office for Scott Service and the Mariners and crew. He's just hoping they they'll um, get that out there out of their minds it's all about uh, about finishing the home stretch strong for your Mariners Lakina I think Seattle will be okay they have the pitching they have the the bullpen especially to uh be in it with most of these top contending teams when it comes to playoffs so yesterday it was just a bad game get it out of your sister like you say take it out on the Rangers uh you you're almost there and glitch mm-hmm. in the playoffs for the first time in 21 years let's see if you can finish this job which I think they will
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think this is definitely going to be like, this is definitely one, a get right series for uh, the Mariners. So you get to mm-hmm. play the Rangers, you know, don't, don't look past them. So you still got a lot to before you get to the, the playoff spot. But so other than those great milestones and that weird uh, comebacker there by the, uh, by the uh, Royals, uh, well caught your eye in MLB uh, this weekend.
1: Oh, the Blue Jays taking it to the Tampa Bay Rays in, in, mm-hmm. in the state of Florida. Uh, Tampa, you know, I've been praising you for the last couple of years. I think they'll make the playoffs, but Toronto look once, uh, that second wildcard spot a little bit more than you right now. So as we mentioned, Toronto can hit the heck out of a ball with, uh, Bo Pachette and with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Also Eddie Gurriel there as, as well. So I like Toronto's lineup, but they're pitching uh, it, it actually has been pretty good in the second half of the year. Well, hopefully, that uh, they'll continue as they, they get into the playoffs. for Tampa, I like their makeup. Uh, they just had a bad weekend. Hopefully, they can get it together quickly to clinch that third playoff spot.
0: Absolutely. I think, yeah, they you know, they lose two out of three to the the, the the Blue Jays. I'm talking about the race. So, yeah, we'll just see if they can kind of get it going there. Now, they should be able to. Now, the Phillies, unfortunately – uh <clears throat> But their series with the Braves, of course, losing a tough one last night. Uh mm-hmm. yes, I should say eight to seven. So that they they lost a chance to kind of get themselves close to close to clinching that uh that third uh wild card spot. So still, mm-hmm. you know, kind of them breathing down the next. You gotta face a Cubs team that's gonna be making it very tough uh for them. So if you're uh, the Phillies, I think you better try to you know get it going and try to take advantage of of uh playing the Cubs. So unfortunately, they're not really much to be decided. Like I said, I mean. Really, it's really the wild card spots. You know, I know that Sailors will we'll probably end up winning that division, the NL Central. Yeah. So that, that's not a that's kind of a given there. But mm, excuse me, but it's really going to come down to the wild cards. I mean, uh, the Blue Jays will still on the AL. The Blue Jays are two uh, you know two and a half up on that third wild card spot. The Rays, you know, of course, they split their series. They're a half game up on the Mariners and Baltimore. They're still mathematically in it. So they're four games back. It's going to be very tough for them mm-hmm. to catch up. So. Just if you're the Mariners and the Rays, just win your games, and that and that wild those wild card spots are yours.
1: Yeah, like you said, Lakinan, this is the final home stretch. Uh, it's a week and a half left to go in the season. You're right there to clinch it. Like like we say every year, uh, during the month of September, the uh, the teams that are not making making it to the playoffs, they usually play their best ball because the pressure is off of them. if you play a, a team that's heading toward the playoffs, you can alter their season where you knock them out entirely. Or you go this year with the uh, wild card series, you can force them to play the wild card series instead of getting your quote unquote rest to prepare for the division series. So these games are important and there's no letdown now. So it's, it's final stretch time and who, who has the most juice.
0: Absolutely. So this is going to kind of come down to the wire here. Uh, the Braves, they've already clinched uh, the spot. You know, of course, that's still mm-hmm. the, to be determined if it's going to be the NL East or the wild card, uh, San Diego, they they'll, they desperately need to win need that series win this weekend so they, you know, they're two and a half up and let's see if I get my thing up here and also two of the Phillies like I said they're right there but the Brewers mm-hmm. are right there they're one and a half back so it's really good between it's between those three teams so those last two wild card spots so it's gonna get very interesting I know uh like, like I said the Phillies uh you know split their series against the Braves this weekend so we're just gonna see especially the Brewers the Brewers still think they have a chance so we'll see how this goes
1: yeah we'll see how it goes as we head down the home stretch as the uh, MLB playoffs will start off on Friday, October 7th with the Wild Card Series and the Division Series will start a couple of days after that. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Monday. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. Lakina, before we break for the bottom of the hour, let's give you the schedule for uh, this week's uh, games for tonight and tomorrow, Monday and Tuesday for Major League Baseball. We'll give you the important games here. The Braves will travel to our nation's capital to face um, the Washington Nationals at 6.05. Then Yankees and Blue Jays start a huge series tonight from the Canada. Uh, uh, speaking of Canada, Lakina, on October 1st, the COVID-19 uh, traveling mm-hmm. ban for um, vaccinated athletes will be lifted on October 1st, which is coming up, coming up later this week. And so just to uh, remind you guys about that. So Yankees and Blue Jays will start their big series tonight, bigger for the Blue Jays than it is for the Yankees. Of course, the Yankees will clinch at some point. They will clinch the AL East. Toronto's trying to lock up their top wild card spot. And Baltimore will try with the Boston to take on the Red Sox tonight. As you mentioned, Lakina, mathematically, Baltimore is still in it. Whether they clinch it or not, you still, with that young group, finish strong and headed to 2023
0: absolutely and also too if you're in toronto you're kind of like no no, no 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 don't 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 get rid of that don't get rid of that uh that mandate uh yeah so that they've kind of been benefited from that from some of those games so we'll see what happens of course the phillies and the cubs of course they start their series tomorrow that's a very important mm-hmm. series st louis and milwaukee are important for both teams st louis you're know, trying to clinch milwaukee still trying to get in and trying to stay ahead of the wild card mm-hmm. a spot in the nl houston arizona houston trying to clinch that uh Unless they totally collapse, they'll probably end up having this, the best record in MLB. Mm-hmm. Uh San Diego, they face the, the Dodgers. You know, again, this is more important for the Padres because they're trying to keep pace mm-hmm. in the NL wild card. Seattle, like I said, they host uh Texas, so they're trying to mm-hmm. stay in it. You know, I, I think this is their chance to kind of make things right if you wit, because they're off today. Also Colorado and San Francisco. I know San Francisco mathematically, again, they're still in it, but you know, there, 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 a lot has to happen for them to kind of just, you know, sneak in there. But you know, we'll see. Oh, how would you feel about the Guardians basically trolling uh, the uh, the White Sox? You know, with their Twitter account, their, their Twitter account, they you know, it was the, their Twitter account was on their a game. <laughs> if you yeah. saw a little gift with, uh, of course, uh, the last episode of Fresh Prince with all this stuff, you know, leaving and you know, Will, Will be <laughs> the only person there, of course, you know, uh, the mm-hmm. the the ABC uh, Sports Chicago Sox uh, talk feed. They said, "Well, where's the rest of the, uh, from the This is from April. Where's the rest of the uh, the division going to show up? Because I guess you know the Sox were like six and two by that mm-hmm. by that point or something like that. And uh, but then you know, the, you know the, the Guardians were like I don't know. I think that was like Stephen Kwan. I think a couple other uh, guys are in that that were in that photo. But uh, well, we're here. You know, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll take our place yeah. right here. So I, yeah. I was fine with that. Look, they yeah. had every right to troll and." Look, I don't think anybody thought. No one thought that the Guardians look, except for maybe uh, us, because we we talked about it. We told you yeah. guys that. Look, yo, the guard. I know people were concerned about Minnesota at the time, but look, the Guardians are right there. So look what happened.
1: Yeah, okay. I know. Uh, Guardians closer Emmanuel Classe said said this and a couple other guys to uh, bleep uh, Tony Larusa fire Tony F the White Sox. Me personally, I didn't have a problem with it. The only people that should have a problem with it are the White Sox players, in the management. In White Sox mansion, because the failures were on them. They were not on the twins. They were not on the Guardians. They were not on the Wells or anybody else. It was basically on on themselves. Like we said before, congratulations to Cleveland. They'll be a they'll they'll cause trouble for the Yankees, Astros, or whoever they play in the playoffs should they advance past the wild card round. So congratulations to Cleveland. I didn't have any problems with it. Us as Sox fans, we were trolling them last year when we won the division. So if you're a Sox fan complaining about that, one, shame on you because we did it to them last year. And number two, Mm -hmm. if if you're a a member of the White Sox, whether it's in the front office or as a player, you're the ones that should be offended, not anybody else.
2: But be offended as
1: far as the way you performed. Don't get mad at Cleveland. They did what they were supposed to do. You didn't do what you were supposed to do.
0: What's good for the goose, as they say. So uh, I'm just saying, like I said, they had every right. Terry Francona will probably end up getting some consideration for AL Manager of the Year. But again, we'll talk about that on a later date. Okay, so we got to talk off for our last commercial break today. And uh, some interesting things happening in college football. Some uh, a couple of upsets and some like head scratching moments also too. Mm-hmm. And old school TV Monday. I have no clue what it is, so uh, I'm sure I'll so <laughs> probably, probably have a, a, another good one like he usually does. Mm-hmm.
1: All, right. all that and more. Yeah, all that and more. Yeah, all that and more coming up as you're listening to a #Hashtag Bears Victory Monday edition of Second City Sports. I'm Sid That's Lakina. We're live and live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago.
5: At a time when the news seems as subjective as the partisan politics dividing this country, independent professional journalism has become a resource people need to get the honest and accurate information for their lives. That's why I created jquinnreports.com. As a born and raised Chicagoan, I know this city better than anyone. So my investigative stories are all original, and they'll go deeper to expose the truth by using information obtained from public information databases and in-depth interviews with the leaders and shapers. My future stories will introduce you to people and businesses who are changing the world, not just Chicago. My missing person stories will spotlight those who you don't hear about in the mainstream media who are often overlooked. If you want to hear my personal views on things around the world, check out my blog site, which is based off of factual information on my life experiences. There's also past episodes of my weekly sports podcast show, What's up, cuz? that I host my real-life cousin, Lance Irvin. So if you're looking for all this information and more, check out jcoinreports.com and follow me on Twitter at jcoin.
3: Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
4: For every generation, it has started with the call to serve. Discovering the purpose and the belonging earned with the title. Learning to dig deep and push through adversity together. Defending our nation and its people. It is a life of great worth and reward. But Marines are never really finished serving. Their commitment comes full circle visible in communities across our country this is Sumper fidelis always faithful always marine marking a path for the next generation
1: Welcome back to our last segment of the show for today. You're listening to Second City Sports on the hashtag Badge Victory Monday right here live in the living color on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Laquina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's Girl McGee on the IG. We have less than six oh, – sorry, not six. We have less than a half hour left of this external guest. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us? You can always go to Sports On Chicago's Facebook page or Sports On Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakeena will get the up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's review week four from college football from this past weekend. Let's start out with number one, Georgia. They hold off Kent State by the score of 39 to 22. Sean Bennett for Georgia. Had a big game for the Bulldogs. The defense held it down at the end. Kent state they tried to make things interesting, but Georgia was the better team overall at the end.
0: Yeah, they kind of, you know, can't state you know, give them credit. They actually tried to make it competitive at one point, but Georgia mm-hmm. showed you why they're not only number one, but they're defending national champions. So, you know, they did just, you know, uh, you know Stetson Bennett, you know, some people are saying he should be uh, right there mm-hmm. in the highest win race, threw for 272 yards. I mean, again, not his best showing, but look, Brock Boyers, Powers, I should say, he had two rushing touchdowns. Some people say he should be right there in the contention mm-hmm. for the Heisman race. You know, he—I think he's already had like an eight, like eight or nine touchdowns already this year. So, you know, going to be very interesting there to see how you know Georgia does. Like, not saying that, that that the path is easy for them, but it's looking mm-hmm. pretty good so far for Georgia to make another trip to the SEC Championship game at the very least.
1: Another team that had an easy path on Saturday, number two Alabama, the Crimson Tide, crushed. Vanderbilt fifty-five to three. All you need to know is, Mr. Young, Mr. Bryce Young for Alabama. They're still the quarterback three hundred eighty-five, three hundred eighty-five yards passing and four touchdowns. And he's going to be there for a Heisman uh, Trophy race as well.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, going for back-to-back Heisman. It's just another <laughs> for Bryce Young. <laughs> Thank you next moving right along Ohio state uh, hammering Wisconsin at the horseshoe 55 21. I didn't 52 I should say, I didn't watch a single second of this, of this game. So I knew it was going to get out of hand pretty quick. And it mm. did. Uh, CJ Stroud had uh, five touchdown uh, passes uh meon williams had uh two rushing touchdowns hundred hundred one 101 yards mm-hmm. uh travion henderson also had 121 rushing yards as well so they got the ground game going like i said just dominated from start from the start so no trouble with wisconsin with uh for ohio state
1: yeah wisconsin with a big letdown down the horseshoe i thought they were going to lose the game close but yeah they got dominated right away mm-hmm. ohio state scored 31 of their 52 points in the first half, and they just put it on cruise to control at home at the horseshoe in the second half. Another I big tip t- team.
0: I just want to say uh, Stroud uh, joins uh, Justin Fields and JT Baird as uh, okay. the third player in uh, Ohio State history with now 60 passing, uh, at least 60 uh, passing touchdowns. So big, big uh, moment for him. Big numbers for yeah. him.
1: Staying with the Big Ten, the big news Saturday game took place uh, at the Big House. Number four Michigan, the Wolverines get by Maryland, thirty-four to twenty-seven. JJ McCarthy for Michigan, eighteen twenty-six, two hundred twenty yards and two touchdowns. Uh, their big stuff running back, Blade Corum, had thirty carries, two hundred forty-three yards and two big scores.
0: Yeah. Uh, kept it close a little bit there. Maryland did. They made it interesting, but yeah, it was really the run game that helped, you know, thanks to Mr. Quorum. Another another 243 yards. He should be getting, he should be getting some consideration for the Heisman mm-hmm. ratio. You know, another uh, rushing record broken at Michigan. So it's really good to take, you know, the defense kind of gave it up a little bit. You know, they show, started showing a little bit of the inexperience the as such, you know, Tallulah, who was Tua's uh, kid brother, unfortunately got hurt. So who knows how the game would have gone had, you know, he had not gotten hurt, but mm-hmm. But, you know what, Michigan, you know, look, again, this is not the BCS, you know, we're not in the BCS area anymore, so no need the for BS style BCS. points. The BS BCS. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, my point is that there's no need for style points yeah, at please. this point, so as long as you win, you know, you're right there, you know, they're undefeated still, and they got a big game cut up at, at, at Iowa at Kinnick State. we'll talk about that on Friday. Now, going into well, probably one of the most thrilling games of the weekend, you got Clemson uh, at Wake Forest, you know, Clemson pulling it off 51 51- 51 45 and double overtime just a crazy uh game you know sort of like starting the fourth quarter uh Clins had to come in you know they you know, had to get the uh, final drive going they mm-hmm. blocked the uh the you know the, the, <laughs> it's it, again it's sort of one of those days where you're just like mm, and you know matthew Dennis, it matthew, uh, you know they kept it going you know they kept you know it was kind of back and forth mm-hmm. uh dj dj uh you know will the I got to i gotta i gotta make sure i get try to get his name right uh 371 yards and five touchdowns including that big touchdown uh throw and catch um that help seal that win of course it was a defense you know the tigers defense kind of like this one you know, that's like the christian wilkins and those guys but mm-hmm. they did just have to win that game and you know look you gotta look and if you're a way for you're kicking yourself because this is like this is probably what your best chance to beat uh, Clemson, yeah. but it just wasn't a beat. And you know, so it's a 63rd uh straight consecutive win. Win lean at halftime. The next longest was is uh Texas A&M. We'll get to them in a second. Wake Forest they lose their 30 63rd straight game against a top 10 opponent. So they still that's the longest streak from by 18 since the AP era started in 1936. So. Yeah. Kind of like one of those back and forth, like, ooh, okay, yeah. Good for one side, but really bad for the
1: other. Yeah, you got to feel for Jamal Banks right here for Wake Forest, that start wide receiver. He had six mm-hmm. catches for 141 yards and two big scores. He was really the man for the Demon Deacons. And like you said, they didn't have enough to finish off Clemson, but it's one of those rare chances that you get. You got to take advantage of it. And unfortunately, Wake Forest didn't do that, suffering their first loss of the year in conference play.
0: Going to Norman, a big upset here. Uh, Adrian Martinez, uh, you know the Nebraska fans remember that name. Uh, he took the uh, took the the offense on his back for the uh, the Wildcats. Remember, it's the same Wildcats mm-hmm. team that lost to uh, Tulane uh, the, the week before last. You know he rushed for four touchdowns and uh, had a, a touchdown uh, pass as the Wildcats upset. Uh, Oak- OU at OU this is their third straight win against Oklahoma, and they're six and five mm-hmm. in normal over a uh, 30 uh, season span. They're the only team that has a winning record against Oklahoma in the last 30 seasons. So, if you're Brett Venables, you're kicking yourself too because you weren't able to slow him down. But, mm-hmm. you know, just no excuse for OU here losing to K State.
1: I think they got caught, obviously, they got caught with their pants down. Of course, Kansas State came out strong, scoring 20. 20- Four of their 41 points in the first half. Oklahoma tried to play catch-up. They did in the fourth quarter. But like you said, Kansas State set the tone from beginning to end. You knew that the Sooners would make a run to try to tie the game, but Kansas State held, held off the Sooners at the end. A great win by K-State on the road.
0: USC holds off Oregon State. You know, we said this was going to be kind of like one of those upset other games at Oregon State. I caught the end
1: of this after coming home for the White Sox game. Uh, I was surprised by the score, but it turned out to be a good defensive battle. The Trojans' defense stepped up late.
0: Yeah, Oregon State has a really good defense, and so does we're seeing. So does USC. I mean, USC, their defensive guys, you know, uh, stepped up late. You know, had mm-hmm. four interceptions for uh, Chance Nolan, so that kind of you know helped yep. them. You know, with the Trojans too. So they couldn't really get things going. They kind of held off. I know uh, Oregon State had some chances late, but like I said, you know, mm-hmm. the SD, you know, the Trojans defense definitely kind of helped there. Again, you know, Caleb Williams not his best out, 180 yards. Uh, and one touchdown pass. It was Travis Die, uh, 133 mm-hmm. yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, I'm sure Oregon fans remember that name too. So it's interesting that uh, that yeah they were able to pull us off in a very hostile environment. Cause that place, I, I caught I caught some of this game too via my computer here, and that place was rocking.
1: Yeah, Taji Washington for USC uh, was the, was the man for for the Trojans. Six catches for 67 yards. Uh, he's, he's, he struck again late with another uh, big catch. Uh, he was the only person outside of uh, uh, Mr. Dive that kept the Trojans' offense afloat because, like I say, it was a defensive battle. But uh, the Trojans wanted a little bit more at the end. Oregon's quarterback, uh, he didn't have it, especially on that last drive when he threw his last interception. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Noah wasn't. Yeah, not, not his best uh, uh, best um, game this year. Uh, Kentucky held off NIU 31 23. That nice was tough. There yeah that was a a tough one there for the huskies they had some chances like to try to at least kind of like you know perhaps maybe even win the game but just Mm -hmm. you know kentucky you know just too tough for them uh and um thanks to a a missed field goal in the final seconds uh they beat arkansas uh 23 21 i think they're kind of you know pulled another one out of their rear the aggies did Mm -hmm. but uh, like i said i mean you know cam little i'm sure he's gonna be kicking himself uh, the, the kicker for uh, Arkansas had a nice, you know, it was a chip. It was actually it wasn't even long. It was like a 38 yarder that just, you know, it got hooked uh, to the left. So, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, given the Razorbacks their first loss of the season.
1: Yep, as we talked about it last week. Lakina. Texas A&M uh, held off the Miami Hurricanes. We'll get to them in a second Oof. with that low scoring 17 17 nine win. Uh, so they carried that momentum up until this week. It was a, a close game. It was an ugly game. A little bit more scoring, but. If you're Arkansas, I know you've been a surprise team, the last good team for the last couple years in the SEC, but how quickly will Arkansas get over this loss because they have another tough one in conference next week?
0: Yes, they do. Well, again, we'll get to that. On Friday, Florida and Tennessee, of course, we talked about it. They've had their battles in the last, like, 20, 25 years. Uh, yeah. Tennessee uh, gets the best of it here, 38-33. Hen Hooker, this is a name that if you guys haven't heard the name, you, know, you guys should be learning about this in his name. I uh, do for 349 yards and two touchdowns also rushed for 112 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, the Florida hat, Florida had their chances late, but you know, Anthony Richardson, The time just kind of went out on them. So, uh, but a really uh, another entertaining game between these two rivals and, uh, just about them.
1: Yeah. I saw a couple of seconds of, of that. I was at the Sox game. Of course I was getting free food because I was a season ticket holder and there was holding a free to fear free, free event, but putting that aside, uh, Tennessee uh, went up big on them in, in the third quarter, mm-hmm. scoring 14 points, but Florida did try to come back. But as I asked you before, Lakeena, I'll ask it again. Is the Tennessee Volunteers back right now? They're ranked number 11th in the country. They're 4 0. I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs, but do you think they can give Alabama a sniff?
0: I think they can. At least can. a sniff. I think sniff? they can. I think they, yeah, I think they can. Okay. I think they can. I mean, well, again, they'll, they'll be facing each other too. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens after that. Now, skipping over to Oregon and Wazoo, this is one of my one of my favorite uh, for for the favorite games. Uh, they scored twenty nine points in the fourth quarter. They came back and won their game after giving up a pick six. Uh, Bo Nix mm-hmm. bounced back and they threw for four hundred twenty eight yards and three touchdowns, including the game winner. And it was actually the or, actually Oregon's defense. You know, they so they can't War twice in, the, in mm-hmm. the second half, so that propelled them to. A 44-41 comeback win over Washington State.
1: Yep. Bo Nix had a big game for Oregon, 33-44 for 428 yards and three touchdowns. I'm not saying he's in a, a conversation for, for Heisman there, but if he puts up numbers like this in the next few weeks, he'll be right there. Uh, the Ducks' big running back, Bucky Irving, had 11 carries for 81 yards, but it was Troy Franklin who had five catches, 137 yards, and a big score, in in and it was part of that comeback win.
0: Yeah, Baylor held off Iowa State, 31-24. Washington got the best of stand for 40-22. BYU uh, pulled away from Wyoming, Uh, Mm 38-24. Texas Tech uh, upset uh, Texas, 37-34. And I believe this is their first win against Texas since 2018. So, uh, nice showing there with a a field goal in the – in the last, in the last seconds by uh, Trey Wolf because it was just weird because I think I think Texas missed their uh, field goal uh, chance yep. in overtime. That's what set the the Red Raiders up uh, to winning that game.
1: Yep, I didn't see this coming either. Especially when I was asking you about Texas. Do you think they're they're back? Of course, they lost a close one to Alabama a couple of weeks ago and losing this one uh, on sat- last Saturday. Uh, this is not good for them. It's not good for them. They need to turn around and turn around quickly.
0: Yeah, like I said, a, a, a tough loss for uh, for them, uh, especially. Like I said, this is their first win. Uh, I know, Mark Adams, I, I know that. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, if you saw his uh, his comments, that kind of went viral. I guess he was talking about Texas and and says that that didn't, you know, that 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 really wasn't that, that didn't didn't really go over well with some people. Right. Uh, yeah, that uh, you know, it, it's you know, Joy Joy McGuire, I think that's his name uh, you know, for Texas tech but yeah just an interesting, interesting comment that uh he had but again we'll we'll <laughs> we'll leave that that comment uh, alone here now of course uh miami uh 45 20 45 31 i should say they lose to uh middle tennessee
1: yeah the shocker uh, of the think, weekend
0: yeah middle tennessee got paid i think a million and a half dollars what the heck happened to miami uh i i don't i don't know they were sleepwalking after i saw this game on acc network they were sleepwalking through that game and i think they really didn't expect the red raiders the the blue raiders i should say to come out swinging and they did and they were able to to pull off the upsets
1: yeah this is what happens when you think you can walk on the field expecting a victory you got to put in that work miami didn't do that middle tennessee did just that chase cunningham For Middle Tennessee, with 16 of 25, 408 yards and three touchdowns. Their running back Frank Peasant, 19 carries, 74 yards in the score. And they were also catching the ball with DJ Inglis Chisholm. He had two catches for 169 yards. Both his catches ended up in touchdowns.
0: Yeah, so a nice win for the Blue Raiders and that program for Middle Tennessee. Uh, uh, Someone do a, a well being check on our friend Mike Broder from NBC Sports, uh, NBC uh, Chicago. Uh, his Missouri Tigers uh, had a chance to win it, but Nathaniel Pete uh, dropped the football before he got mm. to the end zone. So that propelled Auburn to beat uh, Missouri in the Battle of the Tigers, seventeen fourteen. If you saw uh, RG3s uh afterwards, I, I think he was almost as close to swearing. <laughs> but I, I'm <laughs> sure he knows better. But, uh, yeah, that was just a, a strange uh, game all around.
1: Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see the highlights. I heard about that one uh, with um, plays like that at the end. Lakina is all about who executes, especially down the stretch. And if you choke up in those moments, you'll come back to be exposed, and that's what happened.
0: Yeah, also, to uh, James Madison, uh, upset Appalachian State 32 28. They had to come back to Ohio and Fordham. Uh, they were down. Ohio did at 59 52. They were able to pull that off. It's just uh, just the fourth, you know, entering the fourth quarter. You know, all three of them had, uh, you know, three such wins by FGS mm-hmm. pro- FBS program. So the first was to do that. So uh, congrats to them and they great comeback wins there. Of course, California beat Arizona 49 31. Uh, Iowa held off Rutgers as Michigan's next opponent. They're, uh, 27 Mm -hmm. uh, to 10, I should say. And, uh, what have your Northwestern Wildcats said? Uh, they lose to Miami of Ohio, the fighting, uh, (laughs) big Ben Roethlisberger 17 to 14 at Ryan field. What happened? Uh,
1: you tell me (laughs) shout out to our guy, Lamont Scott. He says the same thing. Northwestern, what happened? As we've said before, the Keenum Northwesters, they struggled to score. They're carried by their defense and they, Commit dumb turnovers, especially at crucial times of the game. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened on Saturday. Patfish, yo, I love you, man, but what's going on?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those like, hey, what happened kind of deal. So I don't yeah. know what happened there, but uh, yeah. Look, I mean, uh, the Red you know, the Red Hawks, uh, those that's in Miami, Ohio, they came back and uh, you know they were to pull off the upset and uh, that 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 last against Nebraska, not looking good so far, especially. But uh, you know. Mm-hmm. That win against the rest of I should say, but yeah, yeah,
1: Kansas, yeah. Like I said, that yeah, no one cares about that right now. One game as you're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, the hashtag Bears mm-hmm. Victory Monday edition. I'm Sid, that's Lakina, right here on Sports on Chicago. I want to talk about this game just for a couple minutes. I saw the highlights of this yesterday. Kansas, as you said on Friday, Lakina, the college basketball season hasn't started yet, but Kansas. Now, 4-0, the the Jayhawks beat Mm -hmm. the Blue Devils 35-27. Jalen Daniels, 19-23, 324 yards and four touchdowns. He also carried the ball 11 times, 83 yards in a rushing touchdown. Maybe it's too early for me to say this, Lakino, but I'll ask you. Do you think that Jalen Daniels should be at least in the top 10 conversation for Heisman Trophy, especially now with Kansas? I'm sure they'll be ranked this week. But take it down, Duke. Do you think Jalen Downs should be at least in the top 10 as far as Heisman uh, trophy competition, he de-
0: yeah, he'll, he should definitely be in, in the running there. Jalen Dills, of course, you know, like I said, Arizona State, probably remember that name. He transferred out of there and ended up going to uh, Kansas, I should say. And, now, uh, that's Lance- smart
1: the way that program is taking it under the chin well, right now. <laughs> you know,
0: I was like, probably smart on it, but it'll be a smart on his part all around. But uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, look, Lance Leopold has done a great job building that program. And uh, like I said, they're 4 0. I don't know why they're not ranked, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's crazy how that works. But again, I'm sure they'll definitely help a lot to say who was that big 12 uh conference house especially now that oklahoma has lost so i'm sure you know don't don't take kansas lightly folks you know we're seeing it uh right now also to uh florida state uh hammers boston college and now they're right for the first time since 2018 i believe 2017 i should say or early in 2018 i should say so uh a nice showing there by uh the now floor the now foreign of florida state uh seminoles
1: Yes, Notre Dame gets by North Carolina 45 32 for UNC. Uh, Drake May had a big day 17 of 32, 301 yards and five touchdown passes. But for the fighting Irish, Audrey Esteming had 17 carries, 134 yards, and two touchdowns.
0: Nice win there for uh, for Notre Dame as well. So uh, yeah, so really, like I said, it was a really interesting uh, week in college football. Like I said, oh you know, one we- more
1: time, Lakina, one more score to pass along in the Big Ten. Minnesota uh, dominates Michigan oh, State in that, East Lansing, thirty four seven. My guy, PJ Flight, let's let's go. <laughs>
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, they could definitely they'll they could they should definitely be in the driver's seat to win that uh, Big Ten West. I, don't, I think they're yeah. the only team that's undefeated right now, still. And I think uh-huh. they're ranked. I think they're ranked two. So, yeah, they've got a tough one against Purdue coming up on Saturday. Saturday like I said, they'll, they'll, we'll we'll talk about that, you know, you know, uh, on mm-hmm. Friday. But yeah, Tanner Morgan has looked really good for for uh, Minnesota so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, the whole the team all around. I mean, he threw for three touchdowns. Uh, I know they lost, uh, they lost uh, one of their top rushers, you know, to an injury, but you know, Mohammed mm-hmm. Ibrahim. you know, he picked up the slap, you know, with one touchdown, you know, they gave, they, they, you know, I, th- I know they were a little upset because they gave up that late touchdown, uh against uh, Michigan state, but they were able to you know pull it off, but you know, they didn't get the shout yeah. that they wanted, but they, they were able to pull it off just a great complete win by them. And uh, one more thing before we, uh, before we uh, wrap things up to go to old school TV Monday, yeah, it NBA. be a, uh, uh, photo are going on right now. The media days, of course, you know, the Bulls, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're having their media days as we speak. Also, we want to do a um, our uh, uh, get well soon to Rob Schaefer, of course. He couldn't be there because he caught COVID, so we want to give uh, our uh, sort of our, our best wishes and uh, get well soon to him. But I'm sure he's gonna be probably gonna be doing it through Zoom, you know. You see some of the photos and such with with uh, of course, you know, AK and uh, ever AK and Mark Eversley. They, you know, talked yeah. about Lonzo's injury and such. So, just a uh, just a kind of interesting thing. Okay. So we'll get we'll get more into it as we get closer closer to the season. But uh, they talked about that a four to six week uh, timeline given for Lonzo's uh, surgery. Mm-hmm. It's more of a real. It's not a recovery time. It's more of a reevaluation. We reevaluate after those four to six weeks. Yeah,
1: yeah. After next week's surgery, hopefully we, which will hopefully will go well for Mister Ball. I know. I'm looking at my monitor right now. Uh, AK was just talking to the guys from NBC Sports Chicago. And Will Purdue, Kendall Gill, and Jason Goff uh, about about that situation, and talking about Zach Levine as well, who's now taking a pony. And we'll give you what he said on our next show on Friday. But it, it's it's going to be interesting. Like I said, we'll get more deep into it as as the season comes to a, to an open in a few weeks. But this is a big year for the Bulls, and and health was a big issue last year. Um, it's going to be that way at the start of the season. But hopefully with that tough schedule to start off the year for the Bulls, at least through Thanksgiving, if they can keep that record at or slightly above five hundred until Lonzo Ball gets back, I still believe they'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I think think they will avoid the play in I think they'll definitely be up there in the top five. Mm -hmm. I know some of the other teams in their division, I know Detroit made some moves. There were some other teams in their division made some moves too. So I know that's what people are Mm -hmm. kind of worried about. But I think if everyone can stay healthy, if we can get – some key uh you know spots from Andre Drummer, from Goran Dragon who do play very well over in the Euro basketball championships. Hopefully we can kinda and everyone stays healthy. I mean, I think that's gonna be the really the thing that kind of you know derailed this team last year was because of the the injuries and such. So we'll see what happens there. Now, did you see this photo real quick before before we go to old school team? Did you see this photo with uh the punter Thomas Morstead pinning it off? Uh <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah, you did see that the you ohiki know, he, you know, he punted the ball. They were near uh, the goal, the, the end zone, uh, their own end zone, the Dolphins. He punted the ball, hit one of his teammates in the rear, uh, you know, Trent <laughs> Sherfield in the rear, and that that photo has now gone viral. Make sure you guys check that out. And apparently, Sharman, I guess you know, if I were Sherfield, I would probably get it, try to get an endorsement deal out of that, but. Yeah, that was that's the photo that kind of went viral. So I uh, just want to get that little photo there. If you guys haven't checked it out, please go check it. it it's it's hilarious, but I guess you know it, it, it actually turned out not to cost the Dolphins. So just thought that was funny.
1: <laughs> All right, you're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, hashtag Bears Victory Monday edition on on Sports Zone Chicago. We're and live in the living color. I'm Sid. That's Likina. Uh Let's wrap up today's show with with the return of old school TV Monday. You guys, gonna uh, like this show today as we you know surely kind of develop a theme here. If you've been paying attention closely over the last few weeks today, mm-hmm. we're going to salute CYTY, you can see why mm-hmm. these guys, are neat guys call them Streetwise. All right, that's enough of my singing. We're not going to get copyright strike. And Sean and Mike will keep five dollars in their piggy bank. I am, of course, I'm talking about the TNPC Saturday morning sitcom City Guys uh, that air for five seasons on NBC from September 6, 1997 to December 15, 2001. Uh, the plot for the show was it was mainly centered around its two main characters, Jamal Grant, which is played by Wesley Johnson, Jonathan, I should say, and Chris Anderson, played by Scott White, two teenagers with two different backgrounds, Chris coming from a wealthy family, and Jamal coming from a working-class family who had to stay on the ball while attending Manhattan High School, which was, was, was nicknamed Manny High for the series, and avoid trouble while their principal, Karen Noble, Played by Marcella Lowry, intended to keep them in line and out of trouble. Jamal and Chris's similar personalities caused friction between them in the beginning, but they became best friends as the series went on. The boys and their friends: overachiever Don Totokoff, played by Caitlin Lowry; Slate guy Al, the Al Rocky Ramos, played by Dion Baskell, and aspiring actress Cassidy Giuliani, played by Marissa Diane and then when a bully turned friend who was held back sixth grades playing. Uh, Lionel L-Train Johnson, played by Steven Daniel, dealt with the typical teen issues such as cheating on tests, peer pressure, racism, and school violence. Lakina, before I give you my favorite moments of this show, what was your favorite moments from this show?
0: I think the fact that they were not afraid to kind of tackle those subjects that were happening in in, the... In the uh inner city, especially during that time. This was supposed to be a TV, TNBC, you know, nice, you know, light, fluffy. You know, this was like kind of like the way of mm-hmm. the first shows, like really kind of delve into they delve into the violence, they delve into racism, they delve into, you know, many other things, you know, sexual harassment and all that other other all the other things. And they kept it funny, they kept it light, but it was still very edgy. This yeah. is they were cause this this is considered like more their more edgier uh TNBC shows because of the fact they kind of went, you know, towards the, you know. They talked about a lot of stuff that was going on in the inner city, you know, budget cuts and such. And of course, you know, they had the different personalities. Stephen Daniel. I don't know if his character line would work now because he was what, like forty? Like he was like thirty at the time. It was like about thirty at the time that he started doing the show. So that whole yeah. thing. And I don't think did they really have a final episode? Like, did they, or or was it just canceled? Because I'm try, I'm not very sure.
1: They really didn't have a go away episode. They really did. I know they graduated. The, yeah, they uh, did. They, they graduated, but they really didn't have a send-off, send-off, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a grand finale, but they did graduate, but it wasn't the uh, grand finale like Saved by the Bell did or some of the other shows like California Dreams, of course, they graduated as well, So, but that show stayed on for five years strong, and like you said, I think I also want to say this a few months ago, it was Saved by, by the Bell, but with an urban edge. That, that's basically what that was, but he had all different types of uh, personalities from different backgrounds. I like uh, Miss Noble, uh, the, the the character. She she was a hard nosed principal. She had a soft side too when need be, but she was there to keep the kids and her students in line. It was very funny as well. They involved her in a lot more uh, uh, storylines as well. She had a couple of love interests. They tried to get her married a couple times. So I thought uh, that was funny. Like you said, they dealt with uh, typical teen issues. Uh, I kind of liked that first episode with Jamal. And Chris came together. Of course, Chris made his entrance <laughs> with, with his mm-hmm. father's uh, Porsche, and uh, he was trying to impress his new. Soon as he got kicked out of school for flooding the soccer field at mm-hmm. a prep school, and so of course Jamal, uh, we got into some fights in his old schools, but old school when he was attended. But uh, that that show did have an edge, but they had to, for lack of a better tone, tone it down. But they made it funny so people can relate people can, can relate to uh, what those kids were going through but i really liked that chris and jamal had their own radio shows it was very mm-hmm. live as well hello many yeah,
0: hi yeah it was it was actually pretty funny and if I, i'm glad yeah. that if I, i'm glad it took like two or three years them the kind of like you know be friends actually by the end of the first season they actually were becoming really good friends Yeah. they realized that they were they were much different i mean yeah they came from different backgrounds and such but you know they're like, okay, you know, they weren't they're too much different, and I'm glad they kind of became friends. And yeah, they still kind of had their arguments and such, but they kind of worked it out like a nice little ball, like it was with other sitcoms and such. I mean, I know Wesley Jonathan went out to do a couple of other shows. I know he did uh Well Like About You with um Amanda Bynes and mm-hmm. uh, Jenny Garth. You know, he did a couple of other shows as well. Uh, he was really the only only one that kind of stayed, you know, kind of like right there. I know, I know, Marcel Lowry did a couple of shows uh mm-hmm. for a minute uh but yeah most of the other ones they didn't really i know deon brasco i think he's more doing like voiceovers so i think that's kind of he kind of found his niche there and i think I'll oh, run? here's
1: my car bam yeah yeah so yeah so <laughs> sit down kinda, before i give you the bam yeah he,
0: yeah he, yeah that's how he kind of found his niche there too so yeah. yeah i think yeah some of them actually did not you know go on to be like big stars but mm-hmm. you know, like i said they they worked a little bit you know and, and such but uh yeah, you know, like i said i mean though they were kind of like, like I said, just kind of like an urban, you know, urban Saved by the Bell. I can kind of see where somebody mm-hmm. got that part because it kind of really was just that. I mean, they yeah. kind of an urban version of Saved by the Bell. Like I said, a little edgier too, like I said before, like, you know, like I talked about, but, you know, they, they were definitely, it was like one of those shows that was definitely well ahead of its time.
1: It also have his time and one more note: uh, the actor that played Chris Scott White. I think he's still doing music because he was doing that before uh, he went on City Guys. So he's still doing uh, music independently here and there.
0: Yeah, I think I saw him in a a band. I think so. uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw him in a band like a couple of times. I think during the pandemic, I think his band did like a. Like a uh, Zoom concerts, like a, like a lot of other musicians in bands did, you know, when you couldn't really mm-hmm. do anything. So yeah, so yeah, so I, I hope we get a, a a a reunion. I don't think I think they're the really the only show that I really didn't do it, has done a reunion yet. So, and okay, yeah, uh, hey, yeah, and, yeah. and Peacock, get those show, get those shows on your streaming service. Yes, Come on. yes.
1: I know there's a few episodes on YouTube, but I don't I don't think they had the whole series. I know they had the whole series available last year on YouTube, but like you said, it's still a few episodes left of what I could tell. I was watching a few episodes on Saturday, but like you said, Peacock, I, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere else, but I know they were in syndication for a minute, but then they mm-hmm. stopped it. But like you said, Peacock, someone pick up the whole five season series.
0: Come on, Peacock. It's right yeah. there. You guys are more, Look, guys, want folks to come to your streaming service. Come on now. Got all your TV yeah. shows on there. Come on. You got the original stand by the bell, like the other TV TV shows. Come on, let's go.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So today's old, old school TV Monday salute, we will salute City guys.
0: And on that note, you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG.
1: You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you catch our podcast at War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support.
0: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends.
1: Yes, smash that like button. Share this program to any and everybody you know. And you better tell them that Second City Sports is live on the air in a living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Exclusively on Sports on Chicago. One more again, as young folks would say. You can get Second City Sports live in a living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago.
0: And don't forget we're also on Roku TV. Remember, yes. go to your uh, your smart device, whatever you got, your smart TV, you know, your computer, your smartphone, it's right there for you. You know, go in the search button, add sports of Chicago to your, your channels. You can download it. You can watch our show. You can watch Sean and Maya. You can call it the Smoke Fellas, uh too, like I said, of, of all the other shows as well. Anytime you want, you know, on Roku TV.
1: Yes, so celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Hill Chicago is now available on Roku TV, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand.
0: And in color as well, so yes. you know, high definition, <laughs> high definition color, as as I say.
1: Yes.
2: All
0: right. Uh, so you know, enjoy all the games that are going, on, you know, that are going on right now. Got media day going on all over the NBA. Also, too, of course, you got baseball, meaningful baseball. I know our 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 Chicago teams are not in it anymore, but mm-hmm. you know, there's still other things to be decided too, especially with the NL and AL wild card spots. So enjoy those uh the games this week, everybody. For Sid, I'm Makina. This is my Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday.
1: Till then, holla!